Modular Seattle and Patrick's present Velocity 2022, August 27th, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. at the substation in Seattle. It is going to be a trade show. There will be seminars, workshops, and performances. Who are our main headliners? We have Richie Devine, Daedalus, Lisa Belladonna, Bad Sex. We also have got Walker Farrell, Traversi and ALX 106, Todd Barton, Patricia Wolf, and so many more. Also, a live popular broadcast featuring headliners Richard Devine, Lisa Belladonna, and Daedalus. So if you want to come in and have a bunch of fun in Seattle, you should definitely go to VelocitySeattle.com for tickets. That's VelocitySeattle.com for tickets. Check out the link in the show description. This is going to be a real fun show, guys. I promise. Like, have I ever let you down before? Have I ever lied to you? Not intentionally. I'll tell you that. <sighs> Anyways, Velocity Seattle is going to be a good time. Have I mentioned how much fun it's going to be? It's going to be fun. And welcome back to Podular Modcast. Tim here, your your faithful host. This week we have Itai on the show to talk about his new album, Panic in Slow Motion. Um, it's a great chat, and it has been a long time coming. Um, Itai does like like pop, electro pop, like big big nice fully fleshed out songs with lyrics and vocals and live drums, uh, all with modular and does amazing light shows. Uh, you should definitely check him out on Instagram if you're uh, if you're not already following. Um, just a really unique voice in the modular scene, and we are going to hear that speaking voice and that story very very soon. But first, before we get into that, some quick business. So we did a really successful module giveaway for the Patreon subscribers uh, just recently. That was really cool. Um, I think there were six six lucky people who were, it's a first come first serve basis. They showed up and they claimed their modules and uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to do that again as soon as possible. So if you are looking for a reason to sign up for the Patreon, sometimes I randomly just say, hey, I got these modules, first come, first serve, you get them. Um, also, I put uh, some pretty cool sample packs up there from various things like field recordings and um, you know, just weird sounds like I put some up from my uh, Soma Enter and some Benjolin sounds and some like wurlitzer kind of Rhodesy uh, piano sounds. So those are all up on the Patreon. I don't take those down, they, they live forever on the feed. So even if you're, uh, you're just newly signing up, you can go back in time and get those. I've got some, uh, I, I brought my hydrophone and uh, my, actually just brought my whole setup up into the mountains this last weekend. I drove over Chinook Pass in Washington State. Beautiful view of Mount Rainier. Some, uh, some lakes up there that are literally like full of snow. You could just see like little pockets of water. Um, so yeah, I did, I did some patching and some recording and some field recording up there. So I'm going to be putting some uh, hydrophone underwater, you know, underwater recordings of, of uh, the, the, the one lake draining into the other. Pretty cool sound and stuff. So yeah, that's the type of stuff that you're going to get if you head over to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. It's what keeps the show going. And I just cannot thank you enough for helping out if you are doing so. What else is there to talk about? I'm continuing to plug away on uh, doing demo videos for After Later Audio's various projects, and I feel like I've I've been really hitting a good stride with uh, the the combination of Pachinko with Allen and the Expanders, um, and then one uh, Ornament and Crime, and then Adam N Rings and uh, Knit. It's just like you can do percussive stuff uh, and melodic stuff, like Knit or not Knit. Uh, yeah, Knit, like. Adam, Knit, and Rings can all kind of like uh, shapeshift between percussive and uh, actual voice. So it's a, I've been, I'm doing like really cool patches with just, with just like 3U and 104 HP. And uh, I was even getting Adam to kind of sound like an electric guitar, uh, which was pretty fun, which is one of the reasons I think, it, you know, it was made. Um, it of course is the, the smaller clone of the uh, mutable elements and Pachinko's the smaller clone of marbles. Uh, just really, really cool, really cool videos. So I'd appreciate if you 
jumped on the After Later Audio Instagram and checked that out and the YouTube. Um, yeah, more instructional stuff coming soon. It's It's been a lot of fun learning how to get better at that. Um, you know, using my teaching skills with my modular skills and my video skills and trying to like mix them all together and into a big stew. And yeah, I, I feel like I'm finally figuring out how to integrate a couple of my different skills and, and sharpen all of them at the same time while creating one big new super skill. Um, so head over to After Later Audio's YouTube to check out some of that stuff or their website, afterlateraudio.com. And the final thing I will talk about in this here intro is, um, you know, I've been uh, documenting this this process of having somebody else mix my music, Hugo, over at Tiny Crush Mixing. Um, so the last few episodes, the last couple, so two technically, this is the third one that I've been talking about it, just to be, just to be clear. Um, <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I've been just kind of talking about what it's like to have somebody else mix my my music because I've never I've never had that before. I've always mixed my own stuff, and something that has uh, really really uh, been interesting about it for me is it'll, it kind of relates back to the show, you know, because I, I, I talk to a lot of people who are in either uh, like collaborative artistic projects or collaborative uh, business ventures and synth building or whatever and something that always kind of comes up and something I bring up a lot is how um, how collaborating with other people really like if you're open to it it can really be a, a great learning experience for for you and a good way to kind of just become better at being a person who has to interact with other people uh you know setting aside your ego uh not just waiting for your turn to speak actually learning to listen you know i think this really applies itself to improv and everything so um you know something that i've had experience with but it's been years since i've really had to have Hold on, let me rephrase that. Not had to have, but got to have, because it's a, I think it is a real, a real privilege. But um, yeah, it's been a while since I've had the privilege of working with another person in this like close of an artistic um, capacity. I have worked with some other friends. A lot of the times that's like improv based, but because this track is written, I'm trying for a specific thing on this. Um, not only like just mix wise, but also, you know, uh, mood and feel wise, you know, I want to get it right. Um, so it's been a really, it's been a really good exercise for me to flex those muscles again that I haven't flexed in a really long time. And what I've noticed about those muscles is if you don't use them, they will atrophy. I felt myself having to be like, Hey, Tim, step back. Are you listening to Hugo's mix with an open mind? Or are you just trying to find your mix in there? And I was doing that for a while. Like I had to be like, wait, are you listening for what you want, what you would have done or what a professional would have done? And, you know, after, after kind of, you know, getting my ego tamed down and having good conversations with Hugo and, and getting back and forth, I'm so stoked to say that we arrived on a mix that I am so happy with. I'm so pumped about it. And his patience with me because I felt like I was, I'm usually pretty easy to work with. In fact, I think I maybe sometimes don't stick up for myself enough and kind of like, oh yeah, that's fine because I hate conflict. But this I really wanted to like, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do this right. I'm really gonna, um, you know, put, you know, honestly, put, put his, uh, put his uh, skills to the test because I wanted to see like how good this could possibly be. And every time I felt like I was being a jerk, he just really reminded me like, no, this is good. You need to tell me what you want out of the thing so I can fully understand. And, you know, had I just pretended or not, you know, said what I wanted to say or what I was looking for, he would have never known. And then it would, you know, like how is, it's kind of like, no one's, no one's, no one's a mind reader. You gotta be open. So it was just so cool to like go through this whole process of um of collaboration and then maybe being like wait is this working and then realizing okay well what's what agency do i have or what what, what part of this maybe quote unquote not working is is on me and then like having that ego death and that coming to god moment <laughs> or whatever you want to call it where you're like oh i just figured something out about myself and about this this experience and uh yeah, maybe I'm getting too heady about it. I don't know if you could have followed if you followed all that, but it's been a great experience. He's Hugo over there at Tiny Crush is um, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to 
get you talking about what you want. You just have to make sure that you're you're willing to uh, to put in the work. So uh, in a way, not only did he he make my mix better, he's he's helped me um, you know realize some some weak points that I had as an artist or as a creator and uh, how to maybe you know address those so thank you hugo and we'll be playing that mix next week i think i've randall ram randled Jeez, what if there's a guy i'm sure i'm sure somebody out there if you're out there listening and you know a person who whose name is randall and they ramble a lot i hope i just made your day i'm rambling too much let's get into this chat all right itai right that's how you say it it, it, yeah, it is how you say it. I was saying, because I, I've played your music a lot on the show, I think, over the years. Oh, thank you. On, like, the music um, episodes, like, new music and all that. And for a while, I was saying, I tie. And then I think someone said, hey, I think you're saying it wrong. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure I got that right today. <laughs> yeah, you, you got it. And you're, you, uh, you're on the East Coast. I, for some reason, I thought you were like in Southern California, but are you in New York? or where I wish at? I was in Southern California right now, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, in, uh, I'm, I'm in upstate New York, which is you know, a definition that maybe some people uh, would, people like to argue about what exactly is upstate New York, but I'm, I'm yeah. north of the city. I'm not in the city. Okay, cool, cool. Um, well, I, I have a lot of different directions I want to go. Um, by the time this comes out, your new album will have just been released because it comes out the 9th, correct? Yes. Two days from the recording. So it'll be out when this is released. Well, the 9th, two days. No, it's July 9th. Oh, it's July 9th. Oh, yes. okay. So maybe I'll sit on this one for a bit. Yeah. Um, okay. July 9th. Okay. I just got the real early copy. That's cool. Um, <laughs> That's right. Well, I would say... That if it if it is released before the vinyl is out and I actually have one here nobody can see but I can show you and you have this uh -huh. one right so the yeah. vinyl is out but the the digital um, digital distribution I guess will be available on July 9th um, and this is you know it I I don't know why I'm doing it but it's there's something about having it as a physical thing that is not available in digital that that has something at least for me it's it's i really know, like this. so if yeah. somebody bought it today they would get you would just ship them the vinyl and then oh yeah they would get they get access to the okay so i will i will release this then just uh so people can i like that too i think that's cool it gives because now with um streaming services and everything and and i don't know it's like even with all the the netflix and hulu and all that it's you find yourself spending more time looking for something to watch or listen to. And I liked having that limitation before this. So as a kid, you know, if you bought a CD, you got to really know that CD because it was your new CD and you already know all your other ones and there was really nowhere else to go totally. to listen to music. Um, and that's, the, I don't know, there's something about having too many options that just, that stunts that, um, that desire to want to dive into one piece of art. So I think maybe having this like here's the here's the vinyl, but you can't listen to it any other way for a month. So if you yeah. want to listen to it, you got to spin this record. I I think that's that's really cool. And it's um, it's partly intentional and partly also because you know somehow I got this uh, the the pressing of the vinyl. I surprisingly got it early to ship to me, and, and I've already set wow. the dis the digital distribution. And so I was like, well, why not just have it available? Uh, yeah, and, yeah. Why and sit you, on it? Yeah, exactly. That's strange that you got it early because with vinyl, everybody's getting everything late. And... Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you my secret of how okay. I can do that. <laughs> well, I'm guessing if you have a secret, that means you know somebody who works somewhere, but I won't probe. Um, before we get in too deep into the new album and everything, I, I wanna get uh, your backstory. Um, you know, just your approach to modular is, you know, it's really, really unique. There's not a lot of people doing not approaching it the way that you do, especially with the, the vocals and the song structure and everything. So I'm curious what your, your musical history is, and you can start back as early as you'd like. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I started as a musician very early on. I'm originally from, from Israel, and I had some modest success there when I was still uh, very much a teenager. Uh, and and had had an opportunity to come to the U.S. as as a as a musician and 
and you know worked with many producers and toured um, uh, in the U.S. but also around the world and and had this experience of of being in a touring band and being in a kind of in that rock and roll uh, life is is kind of very early on in in my uh, how, in my career. How old were you? I oh, I came to the U.S. when I was eighteen. Okay. Um, and so because uh, you were in a band that was going yeah, to tour and stuff, so you were in a well-established band. Yeah. I, yes. I mean, <laughs> yes and no. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm saying modest success. So it's like it was it was good. It, it uh, we were successful enough, I guess, to bring us uh, to the U.S., uh, mm -hmm. which was nice. Um, and and so so that that was kind of like what i knew right that was that that was what i did and 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 you know later on it kind of you know ended up burning out from from doing that mm -hmm. uh and you know as as you as you do as you can mm -hmm. um and and i kind of put a lot of things on hold i i, I never stopped making music but i i did stop publishing music for a while mm -hmm. um and it wasn't until kind of, you know, m much later uh, that I I started kind of like getting back into it, and and one of the things that I really was craving um, was having some sort of uh, you know as I was I really needed a drum machine. I didn't have a drummer, <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. and I needed a drum machine, um, and so I. Um, I was trying to find all these apps on the iPads and stuff, and you know, I was even looking at devices like the uh, the Microbrood or, or all these kind of drum machines, and I was looking into analog drum machines, and like I, the the feeling that I kept having was uh, this just sounds like somebody else, like you know, that's that has like a 909 or 808 or a, uh, some sort of an app that everybody else has and can buy it for 299. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so I got it in my head that I need to build a drum machine. Um, you know, again, because I just didn't have a drummer. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so that's how I found, like, I, in my head, I was like, okay, I need to generate a sound wave of some sort and then kind of mangle it. I did, had mm -hmm. no idea what modular synthesis, uh, synthesis was. Can I, can I, can we pause and maybe backtrack a little bit? So like, if you, it, from what you just said, it, it seems that you you knew you understood synthesis though maybe not modular synthesis but you knew that if you were going to build it you needed you understood it well enough to that you needed okay well i need some sort of sound right like i did you know what i did i did play in the past with uh with uh what's it called max 8 or whatever that was um the the software i know max, oh, max. msp M max uh, msp yeah, yeah max uh -huh. msp and and it was really intriguing to me the way that you can treat sound waves and 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 just musical tones in a very scientific and programmatic way i i, I went into a rabbit hole of like teaching myself how to uh, program and and mm -hmm. and uh, and doing a lot of um coding and stuff like that so it was very intriguing to me the fact that you can do the same with with audio yeah and that's like kind of you draw you basically are patching little yeah. modules together within max as well right yeah with max you start with like elemental things like a sine mm -hmm. wave and right. then you you just treat it and, and you just patch it to other things and you can create sounds um but it, it was too much like program to, uh, programming to me and not mm -hmm. enough of a you know playing an instrument and so i you know a few <laughs> searches on youtube and and you find some modular synthesizers. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I go back to your old, the old band that you were touring with? Um, what What did you play in that band? And is there any, like, would you like, could we hear it now? Like, could we find it, or do you not want us to find it? Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd rather you, I'd rather you find my new album. Right. So yeah, maybe we'll yeah. keep it to a different time. But I. I <laughs> I know how that but, is. I've got some projects that I don't ever talk about. But uh, yeah, I, I was. Uh, we were three piece. I was a bass player and the singer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Was it like uh, metal, hardcore, or anything it like was, that? It was. It was kind of uh, pigeonholed into that. Even though I never saw myself as a metal uh, okay. person. But yeah, okay. we we toured with a lot of metal outfits and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, 
All right. Well, that's all I wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so, so that's kind of how I found it. And then I started, you know, it, it was, uh, I think it was around 2017, 16 or 17 or something like that. Um, and, and I, I looked in online and I saw, okay, there's a, there's an actual store that people like in, in Brooklyn that has these devices. And so I went and went there, um, and I made some awesome people, Control, right? Control. Yes. I'm so um, bummed when I was out there last summer, they still hadn't opened after COVID, they were still just doing online stuff. I was so mm. bummed. I really wanted to go check it out. Yeah. And I'm, I, so I met Robert Aubrey there. Is that how I pronounce his name? Uh, Robert. Robert Aki Aubrey Lowe. Yes. Yeah. So he has a, yes. Yeah. Um, so you, you know, yeah, it's, he has many names, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but he was there, uh, and he was very gracious to kind of show me around and, and I was asking all the like really dumb uh, questions mm -hmm. and um you know I, I was coming there i was like hey i want to build a drum machine and you know do you have like drum machine modules and i was like oh no 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 that's not what you want um <laughs> you know you might be interested more in kind of like hey have you have you heard of an optimix or uh the so he showed me kind of like if you take the the sto and you plug it into the optimix which is uh, a low pass yeah low pass yeah. gate uh you can create these really nice sounds of kind of like almost like this drum sound just by kind of treating it through that through that process which is with like a light diode and mm -hmm. all kind of stuff like that mm -hmm. um and and so i was very intrigued but also it was very expensive so, so i kind of spent a month just having like an sto and an optimix <laughs> <laughs> when did you get a gate source <laughs> what were you using um, I forget, I forget, <laughs> but you know, it it's in the beginning, it's very slow. Like, oh, you, you yeah. can't, you know, unless you're, you have like a lot of, uh, cash uh, lying around, mm -hmm. it's, it's totally. hard to just to get it started. Yeah. Um, but it did give me the opportunity to, uh, to learn it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's, so I think that's the important part that, that beginners, they can't see that because they're just so excited to get all the stuff, but you need that. You need that time with just a few things just to wrap I, your head around some of the basic concepts. In a way, that's the one, the only thing that's good about the fact that it's so expensive. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and, and, and I, and back then it was like, it was for me, it was, it was a very physical, like I would go to the store, I would go to control. I actually also visited in San Francisco and I went to uh, robot speak. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember there, they kind of introduced me to, to rings. Uh, he gave me rings and the, um, voltage box, um, which the voltage box, the voltage box, you know, the variegate eight plus or yeah, the variegates, yeah. you know, so the voltage uh -huh. box plays with it. It's kind of, it's, Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's the CV, um, uh, sequencer. So mm -hmm. instead of gates, it's just CV, but the cool thing is with that and with the, um, the rings is the rings when you have a big enough gap of the cv mm -hmm. it triggers automatically right so you can uh, so put you, it into that gate input on there so rings. you don't need a gate input uh -huh. you, you just kind of give it cv differences and it'll it'll kind of trigger itself okay um and again you know i, I tell him like I, i'm building a drum machine and and so he thought it was like well that that's close enough to kind of some drum sounds and it's mm -hmm. you know while being some somewhat more creative rather than having a you know nine a nine emulator or something like that mm -hmm. um and so that's when it kind of like it began to to kind of you know uh, i began to understand that okay it can be more than a drum machine mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um and three, and three it, cases later, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, yeah, that's how it goes. It's like it becomes all consuming. Mm -hmm. And but the cool thing about it, and it's still to this day, it's just like every time that you turn it on, you, you think that you're going to do one thing. And then it tells you like, No, how about this other thing that uh -huh. you never <laughs> even thought was possible. Um, and so that's, that's kind of, so my, and my, and to back to your question, my initial thing was I need a drummer because I have songs in my head that I need to write. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And so the approach was always about, I need to say something I want to write 
songs. I'm a songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, and through this journey, it just became this instrument for me to, to, to have that expression while having that understanding and, and being comfortable in the fact that this is my instrument and it's, it's very unique to me and it's not somebody else's sound. Okay. So that, that kind of answers a question I, I, I wanted to ask you because as somebody who, you know, is a songwriter and wants to approach things and write songs as you do that have structure and repeating parts and parts that change and go back to each other. Like modular is for somebody who's looking for that. If, if somebody was say, if somebody described to me, that was their goal. And then they said, point me in the direction of a music technology yeah, bad idea. modular would be the last place I would send them. <laughs> bad so idea. what made you stick around in modular? I mean, you just, maybe you just said it, you became, cause you felt like it became your instrument, but was it just the, the modular um, nature of it because everything had its own job and you could literally decide your own signal path or like, what was it that made you stay there? Cause it had to be very frustrating and a lot of trial and error and buying new modules and trading and switching stuff out to get to where you're at right now and what you're doing with it. Yeah. Um, I think maybe, uh, a lot of naivety. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel that's something that I've talked with a lot about. Sorry to interrupt, but I think I think that's an important thing to kind of stick on for a minute. I think every artist up and you know up to the most, you know, up to the Beatles, you know, Paul McCartney, there's a level of of naivety that you have to have to keep going and actually try to pursue this really kind of implausible, you know, like path like you have, it's such a, yeah, talent is one part of it, but luck is such a huge part of it, right? Right time, right place. And if you knew all the variables that it took to actually succeed as an artist, I think you, you might actually crumble at the beginning and be like, I'm not fucking doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think a big part of it, though, was because, yes, that's that's one thing. But there is also a part that is uh because it is in a way easier and it's a cheat in a way there is a cheat in there uh and and kind of a laziness because you kind of you don't need to work as hard uh to to get inspired right so if you have a guitar in your hand your fingers have a certain muscle memory Uh and you would have uh they would kind of come back to the same place uh, Keith Richards had this thing that he would later on in his career, he would change the tuning on his guitar just to kind of mess with his muscle memory. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's something about the fact that with modulates, there's so many options and there's so many knobs and there's so many patching uh, possibilities that the, the chances that you're going to have a happy accident are like beyond a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. And so the, 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 what kept me going very easily is the fact that every time that I, I, you know, turn it on and, and, and spend more than, you know, 45 minutes with it, I would actually get a result that at least in my head sounded amazing. And it just took a while to kind of like polish it enough. So it's kind of something that I'm proud enough to you know, to maintain that that's still the next day, it, sound, it still sounds amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And and so the inspiration and the kind of like the, the instant gratification in it, and the fact that it also was partly meditative, yeah, mm-hmm. I did not need to go in front of a screen, actually, it kind of like, had no, like the, no desire to even go next to a screen. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big, uh, a big part of it, because as a is a creator is a, a single musician um, without accompanying musicians. Um, I don't see any other way unless you're a, a kind of a you know folk artist with a uh, acoustic guitar mm-hmm. of of doing it like by yourself without computers. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh... Oh, well that, okay. That just made me like, you just sprung a bunch of questions in my brain. Um, and which way do I want to go with this? I'm kind of curious, uh, again, back to this songwriter thing, because I like, this is, this is one of the the main reasons that like, one of the things I was most excited about to talk to you, um, is the songwriter approach because I used to, you know, I used to be in bands and I used to write songs, you know, most of my music 
uh, most of my musical life has been with a guitar and me just writing lyrics and singing in the kitchen or whatever. And um, you you mentioned that you know the happy accidents are cool and you can sit down for forty five minutes. So what when you're writing these songs is it a combination of having a, a loose idea in your head and then kind of going in and finding the rest of that idea in the system or do you do you have a concrete idea and you and you have found ways to get it wrestle it out of a modular system or do you go to the modular and then start there and then kind of start fleshing it out and building right. it and writing lyrics in that way I think I mean it's the classic question of like what's what's what comes first is it the lyrics yeah. is it the music is right, it the yeah. melody um and you know the obvious answer is that it depends and if it was all the, the same thing every time then it wouldn't be interesting and it would probably kind of die out right so mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. it's really different every single time uh sometimes it, it is more rare that i would have a melody or words in my head and then try to execute it somehow in the module but it's it's definitely has happened in, in actually i think some of my best songs happen like that uh and so but but more often than not i think that it's it's born out of experimentation and finding that um that zone that kind of that really magical place where you you kind of let go and things are working and you're and allowing just, them to work and, yeah but mm -hmm. and then with the modular also like you just literally can let go and, and mm -hmm. pick up your yeah. hands and yeah, kind of like yeah. and then listen to it and then and you can listen to it forever right it's like mm -hmm. you can just mm -hmm. just just let it go um and that's you know a lot of times that is the inspiration and then a kind of find a melody and like that that kind of snowballs from there okay okay um yeah because i i found like when i was doing the you know the 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 singer songwriter trying to be trying to be uh connor oberst when i was in my 20s you know um I never could think of lyrics. I I have I have countless notebooks with lyric ideas written in them since I was you know eighteen years old. Um, but if anything came like an idea, like I would write it down, or like if I wrote out a full like page of lyrics or something, they almost never made it into a song because I couldn't find the melody. I always had to find a melody first and then plug the mm. lyrics into it. So I always had this like same same formula which i got very very tired of and it's probably why i don't do it anymore i just kind of realized at some point that i wasn't doing what i was wanting to do with the singing and, and lyric writing and um yeah so that that's why i was asking about that and that that's cool that you have the ability to kind of move between them all because like you said it could get boring or stale and i think that's exactly what happened with me and why i had to move on i don't i don't think the minute that you impose a formula onto anything artistic i, I think that you're probably going the wrong path yeah to yeah. me at least well as as an artist i mean if you find a formula that works that people seem to like sure that that could work for a while but you're going to burn yourself out, you know? I think and so. And it wasn't even that I wanted a formula or, because like I said, I, I never stopped writing, but I just, there was just like this block in my brain. It was literally like a, a giant wall I couldn't scale or something. I don't know. Uh, maybe I just gave up too early I, or something. I would tell you that the words um, are by far the hardest. Definitely, yeah. By yeah. far, like whatever kind of, you know, genius patching you're going to do and everything. Um, and I, I, you know, that's something that I've struggled with a lot. And, and I came to realize that you just need to confront it and kind of, you know, if you're going to say something, you need to stand behind it and you need to like, yes, mean it 100%. with everything, with every yeah. bone in your body. Yeah. I, and that's something. So I keep every, I would say twice, three times a year. I'm like, I'm going to start writing lyrics and singing again. I'm going to find a way to like, you know, bring that part of me back because still to this day i listen to a lot of electronic music obviously but my favorite artist ever like my absolute favorite if i had a desert island is bill callahan from smog or smog just like he's okay. just a like a folksy singer song he's kind of like the modern day leonard cohen but yeah. a little more country you know and i just like i sit there and listen to his lyrics and you know some of them just like they really like I could just melt in him and I just like the, he's just saying like pure truth to me in, in ways and that's like the thing that I love most about music to be honest is is a good lyric that can really 
break open your mind. Um, so I really want to go back to that, but I think um, something it's always been uh, just kind of being embarrassed to, to say what's on my mind and, and sing it and, and stand behind it. And every time I think you, you should get back into it, that's the thing that I realize and have the confidence in that moment when I want to do that, you know, when I want to change my mind and go back into singing is like, you just got to fucking say it. You just got to stand, you say what you say and stand behind it. And that's, and if people don't like it, then it's not for them, you know, but there's still this, yeah, this thing that, that keeps me kind of like almost scared. To but do there, it. there is, there is a, you know, I think that kind of like mu muscle memory, the lyrical muscle memory is cliche, right? Mm -hmm. That is, that is the, uh, the, 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 that, that thing that you try to avoid, the kind of like, okay, how do I make sure that what I say is actually something new and not regurgitated? Totally. Yeah, yeah. And that I think that's my issue is like, my thing is, I, I think I was trying to be clever. And I think in, in trying to be clever, you automatically set yourself up to look a little pretentious or or like a douchebag. There, like there are so idea. many, there are so many <laughs> traps and, and, and kind of, and, and, um, it, it, that's why it is so hard. It's really mm -hmm. hard mentally and physically to actually go through that. And and the the sessions that I did to kind of like figure out lyrics would be kind of probably t twice as long as as my uh, my modular explorations. Which is crazy because I see your patches that you build build for these sets that you play. You know, like I've seen you play a few sets on you know like modular world and and those like uh, those types of live streams and you think you've got a lot of stuff going on and when you listen to your music you can tell you've got a lot of stuff going on you know how to use a, a, a modular synthesis synthesizer and to hear you say like the lyrics are the hardest part i think is an important thing for everybody out there who doesn't maybe listen to a whole lot of musical lyrics or like lyrics or or or, or have never tried it's 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 crazy how hard it is yeah yeah my old band, we would have the whole album, you know, like, oh, there hasn't been a dog on Podmod for a while. I love it. Let me pause for a second. Here. No problem. No problem. <laughs> Sorry for the interruption. I just want to take a moment to thank Patchworks, my favorite synth shop. And if you've been there, likely yours, located in the Wallingford neighborhood of Seattle. I know what you're thinking. Tim, many of us aren't from Seattle, let alone Washington State. Well, you're in luck because you could head over to patchworks.com, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com for all of your synthesizer needs. Once again, that's patchworks.com, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Let's get back to the show. We're actually going to... We're gonna try to, to play um, to play live with the modular and some instruments. So that's 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 oh, what's cool. happening next after this. Oh, nice! Very cool! Very cool! Well, that's something that um, I actually yeah, did want. Yeah. Get rid of the dog. This is this might be. I'm kind of questioning whether or not I'm gonna edit this part out. This is kind of I like the the peek behind the curtain. Um, I gotta also say, what camera are you using? Because your autofocus is like really great. Yeah. So this is this camera I've uh, I, I've used uh, for most of my uh, shots as well. It's a uh, uh, Canon D five D. Okay. Um, with uh, yeah, the, the the with a thirty five mil lens, which okay. is yeah. I've got been... the Lumix GH five, which is an awesome camera for video, but the yeah. The Lumix, for some reason, their um, their autofocus is just garbage. It's mm. ab absolute garbage. Um, it kind of sucks. But all right, so where were we? We were uh, talking lyrics. about lyrics. Okay, so let's not dwell on that too long because you've got people over. You got to play some music, and we're already forty minutes into it. So I want to talk about this album, and I it feels like to me when I'm listening to this record that you have very cleverly built a giant patch across a couple different systems um, that you can not have to unpatch or repatch between songs and actually play like a, 
I get the sense that this is almost like one giant patch, this album that you kind of move in and you do tweak because, you know, it's absolutely not the same track every time. But it's almost like for me listening to it, it's like listening to a band. Well, sure. Yeah, there's guitars and drums and bass on every track and they're, you know, maybe they use a little bit different effects, but they're using generally the same gear. But it still is like a, there's a cohesion to it that that sounds I guess that's my question is am I right are you able to go between all these songs and did you do that on purpose yeah so it, it is uh it is on purpose it is uh <laughs> I feel like it's a term that's frowned upon sometimes or at least in my head is it's like a it's a negative term that's like a, a the perma patch um that I, you have I don't think that I, I think I'm actually I, I feel like that's something that I'm working towards is 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 building this one system to have it kind of perma patched to be able to do the thing that I really, really want to do. Right. So. Because at some point there are things that you enjoy and kind of your go to's mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the way that you patch and, and sometimes you sometimes you want to change it and experiment, but uh, I find with myself at least that once I figure out a, a nice way for me to flow with, with a certain patch or with a certain module, I, I go back to that. So it's easy for me to do that. And then in my head, it's always been the fact that, yes, I want to be able to play it live. And in order mm -hmm. to play it live, you can't really patch between songs. That's that's so that's what I was thinking as I'm listening to this. I'm formulate, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out how you're doing it. And that I come to that conclusion. And then I think to myself. Well, if I were to be asked by somebody who didn't play modular, hey, I want to build like an album or a full set that is made up of different songs, but that I don't have to repatch and everything, I would tell them to do exactly what I, I was like, oh, that's what I'd tell them to do. I'd be like, build out this huge patch that has enough variation, but you know, it stands on its own. And then I think that gives an album some some DNA between songs. It, it yeah, it has organism. this cohesion and these these uh, the sounds kind of come back and they might sound a little different. They might have a, a different treatment to them because it's probably a different day and I, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. it's it's mm -hmm. just tuned differently. Um, but it did take me a while to figure out how to have something that I could repeat. So in the beginning, I was working with a, uh, BSP, the, the BeatStep Pro, mm -hmm. you prog program stuff into that. And then I would have the drums programmed into Variegate 8 and I would have other stuff programmed to other stuff, but I could never save, I would, you know, it's, it's very unsettling the fact that everything might be erased very easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I tried, there was another one that I tried the kind of w winter modular eloquence or something like that. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But what I ended up with, uh, which is kind of my, my my best friend in the modular rack, is is the the nerd nerdsec. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, XOR uh, nerdsec. Um, back when I was, you know, even before I moved to to the U.S., uh, when I was doing music uh, on a computer, uh, I used to use trackers. Uh, if, if you know what that is, basically mm -hmm. that the notes go down rather than sideways. Mm -hmm. uh, and it and you have several tracks and each one you kind of just say which note. And you, back then it was mostly samples that you do that with. Uh, but the NerdSec allows you to do the same thing, but with um, with voltage control, kind of gates, triggers and, and mod, as well as MIDI. So that became like the brain of, mm -hmm. of all the, the mostly structured stuff, the simple stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. If you want to have a simple baseline, you don't need it to kind of have, you know, a random, you know, noise like a uh, sample and hold or something. Right, um, right. And so so that became the brain, but it works with all the other sequencers as well. So I have, you know, the Rene V2, which is controlling some stuff and, and the uh, nerd set can control that and, and have it switch to a different patch or. Uh, I have the the Variegate 8 still controlling the drums when I want them to, but they're also controlled by the nerd sack. And okay. I have the Metropolis controlling. So so there's a there. So it's there is that play between structure and unstructure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That that makes it more alive than it would be if it was just everything completely programmed. Right, so it's like a partial permissive. Yes, you know, like, and and that seems like really, if if you have the, the time and the space, 
to build that system and then learn how to use it, that seems kind of optimal for modular. You can have repeatability, but you can also have that playground to mess around in. There's that, yeah, especially for playing live, it's like the, having that dangerous area of kind of, you don't know if it's going to work or not. Yeah, yeah, because if you're just pushing play on something on a yeah. backing track, then, and I was definitely, from watching you play live and just listening to it, I, I it, it doesn't, it didn't feel like backing track at all. I was one, I was like, I wonder if these like hitting samples that are like multi track samples or something. And I, I, I it doesn't feel that way to me. I have zero samples. So wow. uh, zero. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, and so you have, I was going to ask, do you have like five sequencers? That was, that was what I was thinking about. Like if he's not doing, if he's not doing samples, he's got a bunch of very powerful sequencers. There's yeah, there's the variegate eight. There's the, the, the nerd sec. There's the, uh, Renee, there's the the Metropolix, and is there another one? I think those are the. Those are all pretty power. Those are powerhouses for sure. Yeah. Oh, and and there's the Voltage Box, uh, mm -hmm. which is amazing. Which is is I mean, Voltage Box is one of those things that I just can't live without. Mm -hmm. Okay. So and do those um do those uh like. Can they, can that you work kind of like an expander to the variegate eight? Is there like, I, I had them both at one point and I remember they kind of worked in tandem. Yeah, they can work together, mostly in terms of syncing them to the clock. Um, I, I use them in a way separately. They don't yeah. really feed into each other. That's they are I next to one another. Yeah. Um, they look good next to each other. So, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I know. Right. So, so yeah, it's, it's. I don't use that feature, but it's, um, it, it is, um, it is possible to sync them up. Um, because with a CV sequencer, you mostly want to, or I would, I want to just control some modulations and stuff, which again, breathes that life to it. And, mm -hmm, you know, if you mm -hmm. don't repeat it on, on a regular cycle and it kind of creates this randomness that's not really random, but it just breathes life into it. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, so my next question was, because um, I'm listening to this, right? You gave me the digital, so I'm, you know, listening to it when I'm, I usually listen to music when I'm doing chores around the house or whatever, because um, then I can, because that's brainless activity, I can focus on the music. I'm listening and I'm thinking, he plays drums, he has a live drummer, or, or he has, like, some really cool samples, because I was like, these fills would be very hard to, like, write and have them stored in sequencers and everything uh so so were you playing drums do you play drums i know i i went so actually i went straight to the the record sleeve and i was like i need to see like album credits i want to see what's going on here and then i saw okay there is somebody drumming with them so has that been the case from the beginning or how how did you end up there yeah yeah so um so Asaf Spector uh, is a good friend of mine that uh, I met actually when I first moved to, to New York City. So I, I know him for, for a long time. And he ended up also um, here uh, in, in upstate New York. And we kind of reconnected, I think it was during the pandemic, uh, when I, I wrote um, one of the songs that's, that's on the album, but actually released it in 2020 as a single. Uh, which is called Everything Changed. Mm -hmm. And he had this idea, because it was the pandemic, he was like, hey, do you want to come up and play in the woods? Um, <laughs> and I was like, yes, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and and so, and I told him I have this new song that I just wrote, like it was the first song that I wrote since the pandemic hit, and it was, you know, uh, kind of, you know, inspired by the whole, by, by the events and everything. And so he added a, drum track to it and and a little bit of guitars and bass just to make it a bit more rock and roll so so mm -hmm. and, and that combination really worked uh for us and and it took a while but we we kind of tried to to replicate that and 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 make more of that and and eventually it became uh like a a, a full album so so that's how um so that's how the kind of live instrumentation came into it. Okay. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that it's still the focal point is the kind of the modular. Uh, yeah, the sound. drums don't seem like I said, I wasn't sure. I 
I thought it was sample drums maybe, but there was just something about the way it was being played that I was like, these aren't, these aren't sequencer fills. You know, they didn't feel that they felt human to me. So that was, that was the thing that tipped me off, which I like that because you know, everything else, you know, your voice and the drums are the humanity in it, you know, and then the rest is like the cyborg, not to say that there's no humanity in, in the music, <laughs> you know, but you know what I mean? Like it's, um, I think it's, it's hard to find ways of interjecting humanity into modular music. And yeah, you guys did a great job together on that. Thanks. Um, so you're in a, are you in a studio right now? Like a practice space? Cause I see guitars um, and drums and stuff behind you. Right. So yes, kind of, I mean, that's my studio. So this is where, if you see the, the kind of, um, the infamous videos lights that I usually post, I mean, that's kind of, that's behind yeah. right there. I did want to ask about the lights at some point. Cause you've got quite a setup back there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my, 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 my home studio. So it's, uh, I'm kind of fortunate to have this space. So are you like building, writing and recording like in that same space with like with the lights and everything like right? There? Oh, yeah. Everything's That's... everything happens here. And it's actually this really old uh, it's like 1850s structure that's all like made with with locals like rocks. From oh, the nice. And, nice. and I feel like I actually am a big believer in, you know, the energy of, of spaces. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the first inspiration of like any of the stuff that I've been doing actually comes from the environment so it's i think that's that was the first inspiration that's cool yeah i like that i mean it's amazing even down to having a a, a clean workspace like when when i was in a band and and i'm in the habit now but if, if i want to sit down and write and record and have like a studio day or night i spend about an hour cleaning first and getting everything because there's something about the energy or the, you know, just the mood of your environment. Like if I was to try to write music right now, I'd go crazy because my, when I do clean this up and then use it, by the time I'm done using it four hours later, it looks like a tornado is gone, <laughs> you know, because I don't have anything like pre, I'm just like pulling shit out and where did I put that? And, you know, looking. Yeah, through. it usually looks a lot messier <laughs> and like a disaster here. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But then I can um, always leave and just right, you know, right. back to the house. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we've got about 10 minutes before we're at an hour, and I don't want your uh, bandmates to have to wait. So let's talk about this tour then, or these shows that you're playing. Are you going to tour, or you're just going to do some live shows? In the uh, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're planning some live shows. I wouldn't call it a tour yet, uh, yeah. but hopefully we can, we can cover some ground. So um you know, I'm uh, working with some of the modular societies to kind of, you know, book a few shows. Um, you know, we're going to have one in, in Brooklyn and I'm going to have one in my studio and hopefully we'll have some in, in other places and I'll, I'll announce those as they kind of become more real. Nice. And is it you and the drummer or are you going to have like other in, other? In, uh... So, yeah. So myself and the drummer, Asaf Spector, and uh, also Colson, who you just saw walk in uh -huh. a little bit ago, who actually uh, helped me write many of the songs uh, oh, cool. in terms of both uh, musically and, and lyrically. So it's 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 kind of in a, in a way it's funny how it's kind of comes full circle and having that through that very uh, introspective uh, lonely, um, modular synth, um, kind of experience and journey, it kind of came full circle to like very collaborative and, and, uh, an inclusive, uh, mm -hmm. type of environment. That's cool. Yeah. And you know, there's something about, you know, I like, I like writing alone and I like mixing my own stuff and everything, but like, there's something that is just so special when you gel with somebody else as a, as somebody who writes music and they give you fresh ideas that you never would have thought of yourself. And it's just make, and it really like is the last thing to maybe complete this, this piece. And it's just like, Oh my God, this would not be anywhere near as good had they not been there to help build it. And I don't know that for me is like, you know, there's, there's different types of relationships. There's friendships and, and romantic relationships and mentors and, and being a student. And, and there's something about being artistic collaborators that is just, it's very unique and special. And if you can find somebody who you can have that kind of relationship with, then you're very lucky because uh, 
it's totally you know, I, th- I think it's a just very jam with anyone you know exactly and it's it always has a tension though because for sure is the, yeah yeah <laughs> there's the self and there is the other right mm-hmm. and 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 then there's your ego there's you know? ego and there's selflessness but there's also you know it's it is even though i mean it's the first time it's like it's a collaboration for me it's a collaboration with other artists but it is my name on on the album yeah yeah and that's like a weird dy- that's a dynamic that needs to be nurtured very tenderly because it can it can be kind of i've i'm i'm speaking from personal experience here but like you know i've been in bands where i came in as just the hired guitar player or bass player or whatever and then there's been bands where the last band i was in actually uh was me and my best friend were the primary songwriters and then we got all these people in we'd actually made this whole album by ourselves and then got people in um and that was something that you know, eventually we became more collaborative, but there was some weird tension and there were points where I was wrong and they were wrong. But it's I feel like it's it's kind of like being in a romantic relationship where you have to learn how to identify your own bullshit, but also where you need to also stand up for yourself and 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 be like, no, this is right. And and that is a that's something that needs to be finessed, I feel like, you know? Yeah, no, it's 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 it's. Uh... It can definitely be very tricky, yeah. uh, even to understand and to know, um, yeah, what, uh, how to kind of where, where, where do you end and when you know somebody like, where is that line? Which mm-hmm. you know, honestly, just keeps moving, right? Yeah, it's gonna move. I mean, it's gonna move potentially from within a song, even from part yeah. to part. From, and I think you know much like life there's 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 lessons in there and learning to let go and and um be open to things but uh yeah it's i feel like i learned learned a lot about myself and developed a lot as a person and was able to weed out a lot of the things that i didn't like about my personality by going through five years of being in this band with four other people you know it was just and then you add partying on top of that in our <laughs> late twenties, and it just becomes a real mess. But <laughs> um, I feel like I'm I'm blathering now. Is there anything that we haven't covered, or anything about the album that you wanted to make sure that you uh, were able to scream from the modular mountaintops? No, I, honestly, I you know what I hope is that you know folks listen listen to it as 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 art and as music and enjoy it you know the fact that it was um written and performed and uh on, on a modular synth i think is a uh it it's it's part of the journey but it, in the end it's it's um you know it, these are songs and stories and a piece of music that i hope that people enjoy uh, and in the end, that's to me, that's what matters, right? If it's if it's good music, if it's good art. Totally. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes back to what we were just talking about a moment ago with the the dynamics of working with other people and stuff. I think there's a point where you get it's almost kind of like this this songwriter ego death where you're like, well, let's just focus on whatever serves the song or yeah. serves the piece, you know, um, and I think that's the same way with music like is it serving whatever part of your brain enjoys listening to music? Well, then it doesn't matter how it was made or anything, but, um, but it, it is inherently interesting to listen to music like yours made on this technology. Cause most of it's bleepy bloopy and space. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, and I, 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 so I guess what I hope is like, it, it is very interesting and kind of, and, you know, a topic of discussion of how do you actually do something like that? And of course it's, it's, it's just, you know, sometimes excruciatingly uh, difficult to actually execute. Um, but in the end of the day, I hope that it's more than interesting. I hope that it's actually enjoyable. I hope it kind of like it speaks uh, to a certain, you know, speaks to people in, in, in a certain way. So um, that's what I'm excited about to see when, you know, uh, when when it does get released digitally and more people have access to it mm-hmm. um, uh, to see kind of, yeah, how people react to it. So this is the last thing I'll say because I know we got to get off here. But I think um, one thing that that comes to mind when I actually since I first kind of became aware of what you were doing, but it's I've, I've become more and more convinced of this as I get to know your stuff more. Um, 
is modular is definitely cracking its way into more mainstream uh, areas of electronic music. You're starting to see modular setups on main stages at festivals and, and it's just popping up and more and more people are starting to use it. Um, and I think there, there are going, there are going to be artists like you. And I think you're going to be some of the, like one of the early artists that starts kind of bridging that gap from this weird esoteric, like geek club that are just nerding out about the technology and, and, and like the, the, the greater musical world and, and showing people like, Hey, you can make like structured music that is repeatable and, and playable live. And, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where, where you go with this. I think, I think it's going to be well-received and uh, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, well, thank you. Cause I think that you were one of the vehicles to kind of sp spread the word out and uh, you know, get more people exposed to, you know, what's possible with, with modular and how different people use it. So thank you. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm going to play one of your songs because I know you don't have time to do a patch challenge. What song off the album do you want me to close the show with? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> what do you think, Colson? I think oxygen. Oxygen, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we can, we can play Oxygen. Okay. Do you want to say anything about that before we sign off? You can um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a love song and it's, okay. uh, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, I call it, I think on YouTube, it's like, it's a modular love song. So it's, uh, I love yeah. it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me, Tim.
All right, that's our show. Thank you so much to Itai for coming on. Don't forget that his new album, Panic in Slow Motion, is out now, and you can get vinyl of that sweet, sweet record. Um, what else? Thank you to Patchworks, our lovely synth shop here in Seattle. Thank you to Afterlater Audio for your continued support. Thanks to Hugo over there at Tiny Crush Mixing. I'm uh, going to play my mix for you next week. Don't forget about Velocity. Get your Velocity tickets. They're going fast, and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be one for the ages. I'm gonna do a live pod mod there. If you're a Patreon subscriber, maybe send me some uh, suggestions. 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 Man, that's a weird. All words are weird if you say them. We all know about that. I'm not gonna go into that. Um, send me your suggestions for maybe some topics or questions you'd like to uh, hear Richard Devine, Lisa Belladonna, and/or Daedalus cover or answer or whatever. Um, what else is there? Have I mentioned everything I needed to mention yet? I think so. Thank you so much for uh, coming back to the show. This week's secret word is. Um. Activation. Activation. Put that on the Instagram post about this uh, episode with no explanation, and people will be like, What's up with that? And you'll be like, I can't tell you. It's a secret. Until next week. <laughs> <laughs>